0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Infinite Boost Podcast. This is number 51. We are on our way to 100. My guest for this episode is Michael or Way Protein. He is a longtime member of the community. You may recognize his name because he is very consistently on the featured page of the training portion, custom training portion of Rocket League. If you haven't been there, why aren't you doing your custom trainings? Anyways, he took a little bit of a break from the scene and now he is back making YouTube stuff on Twitter and things of that nature, so check him out. Make sure to check out his training packs. This was just a really good conversation. I mean, he's a good player and he's very knowledgeable, has a very good way of sharing that knowledge, and I just really appreciated the time that I got to share with him, and I really think that you will too. And before we get going, I just want to say a quick thank you to everybody. Bringing back the show has been a lot of fun. Streaming has been fun. Just overall, Rocket League has been a lot of fun for the past month and a half. And I'm really excited about that. So thank you for the support. Let's just get on with the show, huh? All right. You said say Michael, but I'm going to say whey protein at least once. Michael, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for coming on Infinite Boost Podcast. Uh, I... When we were DMing, I told you to not prepare anything and you just said that you dutifully did not prepare anything and that, that's how I always do this show and it has, it's turned out all right for, uh, I think, I think this is either episode 50 or 51, I can't remember. Did I hit the, the 5.0? I
1: literally, I have it open on Spotify from earlier today, let me see.
0: I think, well, so we're recording this now, but I just recorded with Top Gun a few days ago. And she's going to be the episode before you. She's so I think
1: 50. I'll be 51. Cool. All
0: right. So you, you're cracking me right, on the right. way to 100.
1: Turning the page to 51. I'm kicking things off.
0: Yeah. And now it's a blank page. Neither of us know what's going to be on it. So let's get going. All right, Michael. So um, I, uh, I, I mean, everybody has seen your name, whether they know it or not, because you are featured on the front page of the training packs on Rocket League. So whether somebody knows you or not, you are integral in the improvement of so many players in Rocket League. So not that's, that's a lot of weight to put on your shoulders. But why don't you tell me a little bit about your history in the game of Rocket League? And what led you to being one of the best training pack creators of all time? Well, First of all, thank you a
1: ton. That's a very flattering compliment. I don't know if I can live up to that, but um, that's, it's a great question. It's just such a huge question because I've been around Rocket League for so long. There's so many eras when I think back to it that led, you know, one thing leads to another. But, you know, essentially, I think I got into the game about three months after it came out on Xbox. So I knew about it. I had seen it in the past kind of loose interest. And then someone just recommended it to me. I was bored. I didn't have any other games. I just jumped on their recommendation. I told one of my other friends that I played a lot of Xbox with, you know, I'll, I'll get your copy if you try it with me. And if it sucks, we'll move on and it could be fun, you know? So we did that and we weren't hooked the first day, but by the third day we were totally hooked. And then by the end of the first week, I was even more hooked than that. Um, I just knew right away, like, this is a game that I want to be really good at and spend a lot of time with and get to know really well. Um, so I've had that in the past with other games. And I just, I, that feeling came over instantly. I knew it right away. So that summer, this had to have been the summer of 2016 or 20, I, I don't know. I was working two jobs, but one of them was kind of like a 90 desk job. And so I would bring my laptop, which couldn't even run Rocket League more than like 20 FPS I would bring my laptop and back in those really early days they had it wasn't called Bacchus mod but it worked the same way as the Bacchus mod plugin does now which is a plugin that has like these training modules and you can Mm -hmm. customize it um and it worked exactly like that but it was specific for custom training and all these people in the community had made like their custom training packs so I would sit there on my 20 FPS laptop all day at work Um, and I could only sit and free play with these custom training packs, just doing those practicing my wall skills and aerials and redirects. Um, but my friends on Xbox couldn't do any of that because they didn't have PCs to practice on. So I was getting a lot of extra improvement time. So that was my first job in the morning. I had another job I would go to in the evening. Um, and at night it was just see if all that mechanics work during the day paid off at all. So needless to say i've got you know these friends on xbox that are getting into the game that can't train like i do and then rocket league announces custom training is coming you know to all platforms which is a feature where people can make their own training packs it was exactly like the plugin that had already existed but it was coming to the game and so instantly i'm like i'm going to take all of these training things that i love to do you know at work and i'm just going to recreate them in this new system um and this was specifically for my friends that had gotten into the game. I had no intention at this point of ever sharing this with anybody. I put it into a spreadsheet just to like send to my friends in Discord and that was it. And my friends, you know, not being hooked on the game like I was, got into it, picked it up, put it down, got bored with it. You know, that's fine. So I just I just threw the the spreadsheet that I made or some of the training packs that I had made on the on Reddit one day. And figured out from there that people actually enjoyed, you know, doing them and having, you know, or at least having like a a large variety of training packs and someone that was like putting them into a spreadsheet for them. And that's kind of where things took off from there. So that's like error one, I would say, of Rocket League for me.
0: And so all of those friends that were into the game or started playing the game, quote unquote, with you, how many of them still exist?
1: all of them. Uh, we still play.
0: Oh, they're games. still playing.
1: We're, 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 they're not playing rocket league as much. So the, the core group that first started the game was like me and two other friends from back home. I was in the college, I was in college at the time. So the way i talked to my friends back home is we would play Xbox. Um, so it was me and two others and we were the, th- the three for the first couple months that really grinded. And after that we had a few more friends kind of jump on the train so that core three has stuck around the entire time and and will kind of jump in for like month-long swings getting into rocket league the other maybe five or so that were in that extended group or they'll jump on for like a night if everyone wants to do it but that's pretty much the extent that they'll play it um which is no issue with me you know i i just have fun when when the group is when anyone's having fun you know that i'm playing with so
0: so how how often do you play rocket league now
1: so so 20, I graduated college in 2017 and that's when I played really heavily competitively. I continued to like kind of be consistent for another year and then after that I started, you know, primarily well I moved into I moved into private coaching at that point. And so my main what I was doing mainly when I was playing Rocket League was coaching. When I was not coaching, I didn't want to be playing Rocket League at that point because I'd I'd put so much time into it after over three years or so um, that I was feeling a little bit of burnout when I wasn't coaching. And I had a great group of guys that I was I was working with in coaching, so at, that was always an awesome time. But I slowed down in my own play and you know trying to improve and stuff like that. Probably around I don't know a year and a half ago. And so now in in the last maybe three months or so, I picked it back up again. So on a a normal routine, now that I'm kind of back in the swing, it is five times a week, um, a couple hours, maybe I'll put in some games if I'm just like got 20 minutes to to spare between work or something like that. So almost every day when I'm in a regular routine, when I'm kind of cycling it, I'd say once a week I hop on um, and get some games in but it's been picking up a lot more over the past couple months.
0: Wait. So when you said when you're in the swing, so is that just like a work schedule thing? Like sometimes you have more time, sometimes you have less time.
1: The swing for me, or that swing would be, um, I'm really enjoying Rocket League right now. I really want to get on and, and actively try to improve when I'm playing versus my ranked experience is a nightmare And I'm just, I'm just rusty and washed up and I can't get anything done. I'm not going to play it super hardcore. So those are the two things that I bounce. So like the
0: emotional swing of Rocket League.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or or maybe even motivational, you could say.
0: Sure. Yes, definitely. Okay. So let's go back to uh, the first time when you kind of were slowing down with Rocket League and, and started playing it less. Like where were you rank wise? So when I first
1: started slowing down would have been the end of my collegiate season, um, in CRL, it was the first season of CRL in my last semester at college. So after that I'd been putting in like 50 hours a week of practice and scrims and training. I knew as soon as that season was over, I was going to slow down. So that's when it started. But you don't need that much play time and practice to get better. So I actually, even though I started playing casually after that, I continued to improve just because my the the play cycle I had built was doing my improvement for me at that point. It wasn't something I needed to think about as actively. So over the next year, as I was slowing down, I was actually still improving. I think my like peak was in the top 150 for North America at one time. So I think that was close to 1750. Maybe eighteen hundred. Um, but I was just I was just like a threes rat at that point. Like I was only <laughs> playing a, a solo queuing rank, like don't talk to me. Even the even my friends, I was just like, the only thing I can do is just turn my mind off and, and queue ranked, and that's that's what was going on for me back then. I, I so still you were I'm, just
0: a grinder.
1: Yeah. And I, I still in the same way when I get in like a good mood for it. You just I, go. I, I, yeah, I don't tilt too easily or even if I do, I can I'll just keep going. Um, it's just I go on autopilot. It's a great way for me to relax, even in the middle of like stressful ranks sometimes. Huh. I'm just so used to it. Rocket League is a game where I can just I can fire it up and instantly get into a flow right away. Even if it's not like an extreme one, I was, my mind is already kind of just where it needs to be to to go through a session because I'm so used to it.
0: So like, even if you're consistently losing in this process, like, does that phase you at all? Like when you're in this zone, does that phase you at all? Does it bother you at all? You're just like, okay, GG, go next. GG, go next. We'll get the next one. We'll get like, where are you during that? Oh, I would say solo queue. I, I absolutely get phased. Um, I
1: don't show it, you know, but it's, it's a pressure I put on myself because if you're someone with any kind of reputation of helping people improve or coaching, like I put a, a standard on myself of like, if I lose eight games in a row, I, I don't even have my coaching touch anymore. Like I don't even know how to you know, approach this game anymore. Um, so I put that pressure on myself. And as a result, I tell myself to kind of play through it. So I might be sitting there in like a little bit of a stew, um, but I'm able to just kind of push through it. And, and it's always just kind of a mild thing by the end of a session, even if it gets worse. Um, you know, I'd rather be there doing that than, than not. And that's not the, not, not the case for everyone.
0: Do you think that there's any difference in how you play when you're phased or worked up than as when you're maybe, I don't want to say confident, but when you're just like more centered and just yes. playing and feeling good?
1: Yes, definitely. And, and, but I don't even think it's like, uh, like you can't even apply like a one label to it and say like, oh, when I'm mad or when I'm tilted, I play, I do these mistakes. You know, it might be different every time I'm tilted. I might get angry and say, you know, these eight games aren't going well because I'm playing too slow. So I'm going to get mad and just like ignore everybody and play really fast one day. And then the next day it might be like, I'm, I'm upset because I'm playing like a moron and I'm just chasing everything down and not letting my teammates breathe or anything and I'm the one that I, even though I'm mad, I'm the one that needs to step back. Um, so yes, I, your mentality, hundred percent good, bad, mild is going to impact your play even in subtle ways. Um, so you can do things to mitigate it, but I don't, I, it's, it's always going to be there to an extent, I think.
0: Sure. But for you personally, you wouldn't say that there's like something specific that you're doing. Like when you get really worked up, in solo queue like do you even if you had to think about it for like a minute do you feel a difference in between or have an idea of what the difference is between like how you play when you're like just playing and when you're worked up or a little angry or about how your games are going
1: other th- there's definitely a difference if i were to to encapsulate it and say I, and like say what I'm doing wrong when I'm angry. I don't think I could because I'm, I'm constantly like trying to implement new things and learning new things. So like my, my anger or my tilt response is usually to go back to what's comfortable. Um, and what's comfortable for me might be, I just want to chase the ball because I trust myself to get touches more than I trust any, anyone else on the field. And maybe that's comfortable for me, but it's not the right decision. So right now, my tendency, especially since I'm rusty, is to revert to playing really aggressive and probably confusing in a three setting when I'm tilted because I want to I just go back to what's comfortable. Like I said, a rank session is like brain off cueing for me at this point. So I just revert back to that. The more worked up I get.
0: When you when you really slowed down and stopped playing the game, a lot more. Like, and you use the words burnout, and we hear about that all the time in gaming and content creation and all. I mean, just across life in general. Like, what was it about Rocket League that caused burnout or that made you feel burnout?
1: I think for me, it was I. I'm an introvert and I, through collegiate rocket league and through like training packs, I had gotten a lot of community interaction and I made, you know, I made so many good friendships and so many people. I, I, I can't even say I had a single bad experience with anyone I met in the community. It's just as an introvert, sometimes that is a little bit draining. And after putting, you know, so many hours into practice on top of that social aspect that I found draining, I, I looked around you know as i was leaving college and said like what rocket league looks for me looks like for me today when i get on is nothing like it looked in 2016 when you know my really good friend and i just kind of hopped on to try this game out and so for me stepping back was kind of like a search to get back to that i guess um Mm. and, and and try to see you know try to understand what that was like i guess
0: getting getting back to the old days yeah simpler times yeah but but you put the game down completely though right like you you were maybe playing a little bit but just not as much as opposed yeah, I, to like playing as much but backing away from all of the people stuff
1: yeah yeah it was it was it was those two steps it was backing out of competitive and then it was like backing out completely which was the second step, which I did for a while too, where if I was playing, it was only with like a friend that it like has played for maybe 20 hours that heard I was really good and wants to see that. Um, it was the situation like that for maybe about a year or so.
0: Okay. And so now you said within the past few months, couple of months, you're coming back into the game. So, in maybe not necessarily to the same level as before. Um, but what is, what is bringing you back to the game now? And I guess what are, what are your goals now that you are coming back to the game or do you have any goals or like, what are, what are you looking for now as you come back?
1: Hmm. Okay. That's a good question. So the first part, um, you know, what, what kind of, how did I start coming back and what does that look like? Um, so it's not I guess it's not totally accurate to say that I completely stepped away and you know wasn't playing the game at all. Through that sure. time I was still um a collegiate coach. So I was running oh. the I was running the Rocket League program for Northeastern University um and working with their athletics department to facilitate their Rocket League team. So I did that for 2 years after I was a collegiate player um which is you know a Huge, a huge part of the story I can't believe I haven't mentioned yet, but, um, or gotten yeah. into yet, but, um, so yeah, that was going on the whole time, which is, you know, why I had kind of, I felt okay, just stepping back more and more. Cause I was still getting that interaction with, with my coaching, with the players I was coaching at the time. Um, so that was going on at the start of the pandemic, um, work was getting busier My girlfriend was moving down from New York. My girlfriend I've been with since before I even started playing Rocket League uh, is moving down from New York. So I said, you know, let's let's step back from coaching, maybe take like like full vacation from Rocket League for a couple months where if I play it, it's because I specifically just want to jump on or something like that. Um, Try that out, see how it goes. So I stepped down from the coaching position and after about six months or so, the the itch came back and that's really all there is to it. The itch came back and I got on and I was rusty and disappointed in myself. And that kind of disappointment just kind of like builds drive for me. And it was like, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get this back and, and start at least feeling like I'm not this really rusty player or something. And then the rest is, is just kind of been back on the daily grind at that point trying to continue to improve. And from now, from, or from what I'm trying to do at this point, no plans at all. I, I have, I think I have a unique perspective coaching wise, and I've always wanted to get into like creating coaching content since I, I did that for two years for uh, Northeastern. I think I have a unique perspective because I was running, you know, I was coaching not just one team of elite players, but I was running a program. So there were two teams under that. And there's a whole player development pipeline that you're managing at that point. Um, and I want to, kind of tell people some of those stories and, and, you know, get people that will never, or don't have the opportunity to be on a team, give them the chance to see like what it would look like or, or the kind of discussions you have when you're coaching a team. So I want to be able to to share that with people, but I also like, I just want to get really good at the game right now. So like back, if you look at my peak, I, I want to, like the game has gone so much further than even that mechanically than me when I was, you know, constantly playing ranked and, and good enough to be, or good enough to be close to the top 100. We've gone so much further than that now. And I want to, I want to explore th- the new speeds we've gotten, t- like all the new mechanical ground we've kind of broken through in the past couple of years that I've, I've been kind of sitting out on. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting into that in my own place. So those are kind of the the two goals. Sorry. I took a long time to get there.
0: That's totally fine. I, I enjoyed Every little bit of it. Okay, so did you play in Season 2 at all? Like, did you do much ranked in Season 2? Season...
1: The first Season 2 or last Season?
0: This Season 2. Free to play this Season, season two. 2. S2. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I, I caught the end of Season 2. Um, I, I think I was like 1700 at one point um, in threes. And that was the only game mode I really touched. And So that's like
0: GC2? or Yeah okay yeah so i mean you're doing all right for yourself considering you're calling yourself rusty quote unquote rusty at 1700 no big deal
1: yeah i i i know and like they just released like the rank distributions like that was like point top point six of threes players but you, even being there you can feel the difference between players that you know are just like a tier above you mechanically and, and, and speed wise. And it, it's that difference is so palpable. And in the rank ladder, it's just like constantly pressuring you that it still feels like I'm a diamond player trying to get to champ or something, you know, it's still that same feeling.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a punch in the stomach to me because I feel <laughs> like I'm a diamond player because sometimes I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. So what was I, what was I going to ask you about that. Uh, shoot. Where was I? Where was I? Oh my gosh. Okay. So no we were worries. talking, we were talking about ranked and you coming back and like, so what are, what are the, I mean, do you, do you want to get all the way to SSL then? Like, is that, is that where you're, Oh, no, no, no. This is where I was going. Like, okay. So Michael, as a human being, like did you grow up playing sports or competitive anything like where does where does that drive come for you as a human being i didn't I played baseball when I was really young, but I was not
1: old enough to even care about the competitive side of it. um Then I got into music and I was a little bit older i've been I've been playing drums since I was like ten, and even now i I make music as a hobby but oh. Around 16, I fell in love with soccer, and all all the people in my area had been playing that that loved soccer like I did. Had played soccer since they were eight. So I was never going to be as good as those people on the teams that they were. Which is fine because I was just kind of happy to be around this group of of people playing soccer and, and playing with them, regardless if I if I was on their competitive teams or not. So I was, I love soccer, but I was never competitive with it, even through college. And then um, on the gaming side, I had phases of really loving World of Warcraft, I had phases of really loving Destiny, um, and a couple of games sprinkled here and there. S- something about Rocket League, I just it just clicked right away. Like I didn't even get into it trying to be competitive. I got into it just trying to be good because I enjoyed the game so much. And that morphed into the competitive side. I think once the door was open, once I had gotten a little bit of skill under my belt and like there was a collegiate ladder for me to climb when that door opened itself, I discovered this competitive side of me that, I, that maybe I'd seen flashes up, but it hadn't really come out before that.
0: I've talked to a few people on the show that have shared a very similar experience to that where, you know, Oh, I've never played sports. I've never really been competitive, but for whatever reason, when I sat down with rocket league for the first time and started really getting good or was interested in the game and wanted to get better, like I just had this drive all of a sudden to get good. And I I find that extremely interesting and there, it's, there's some kind of interesting link there where when you actually find something that you care about, that you're passionate about, that you're interested in, it unlocks something deeper in you that really gives you a motivation that nothing else creates for you. And I think this isn't an esports podcast, but at the same time, like I feel like Rocket League as an esport, as a competitive game... Uh, it is unlike so many other games, but like it, it has hooked so many of us to a very deep level. Like, you know, I enjoy other video games and I've been frustrated and wanted to quit Rocket League so many times, but I always come back because there's the deepest hook somewhere deep in my soul that Rocket League has that keeps on bringing me back. And I feel like it's done that to so many people. Um, and there's still just a large, Group of the world that just doesn't understand the beauty of what Rocket League is that you know 150,000 people see every single time RLCS is on every weekend now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's so true. And I, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but that's just always there. And I, and it's not even I just for me. Like I have full confidence. Like I, I know that I share that feeling with other people if not with everyone because everyone doesn't love Rocket League the way that I do but if if I meet someone that is just like truly in love with this game like you can tell that you'd share that that feeling with them and it's mm-hmm. it's great and it I'm sure other people feel this way with other games but to me it feels
0: so unique to Rocket League it it really and like you said I feel like other communities you know feel the same way about their game I think just because Rocket League is truly such a, um, easy to understand. It's very welcoming. It's easy to understand. It's easy to get into, but like to really delve in deep, like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm trying to say, but, uh, I just feel like, uh, you said it extremely well that when you find somebody that's really into Rocket League, there's just that understanding of, the time and effort put in to like advance oneself in the game that, you know, somebody that might just see it on a screen doesn't quite fully understand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I run into that all the time. And you know my my casual Rocket League friends are going to listen to this and they're going to, you know, make fun of me. But they're kind of that same way where they like the game and they know that I love the game. But that doesn't mean they understand everything that I put into, to, to to getting good at it and mastering it and, and, and spending time with it. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of using them to pick on, but I totally understand what you mean.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good way of putting it because, and this, this is true for anything like league of legends or, or, you know, a first person shooter game, like you can really delve in and get really, really good. Uh, and to, I, I don't want to say the, un, somebody, like it's not that people are uneducated, but people that don't just have the appreciation for the level of skill that one can attain in a game is, it's still not fully understood, I guess, what like by the average person. Yeah, And Definitely. the time and effort that is truly, put it's not mainstream yet. I'll put it that way. Like you look yeah. at LeBron James and they're like, oh yeah, of course he spent his whole life playing basketball because he makes millions of dollars and he has his own shoe and he's in, he's in movies. And like 30 years from now, when I'm older and grayer, I'll be like, that's why people put so much time into Rocket League because look at them now. Now they're in movies and they have their own shoe and all that stuff. And it, yeah. it we're just not there yet. Yeah. It has a,
1: a ton of esports as a whole has a ton of space to go into. And I think Rocket League within that that arena has a ton of space to grow into as well. And and that's what we're seeing. It's been like a very steady and strong growth for for the esport, for the game and the esport over the past few years. And it was really Definitely. exciting to see.
0: Definitely. How so well, so you were coaching for two years, and then uh, you kind of stepped away. Were you watching RLCS? Like, have you watched the evolution of RLCS X and those things and just like seeing where the game has gone and how have you felt about watching those guys grow?
1: Very loosely. I would not, I would consider myself a fan of the eSport, but not the best follower. Um, especially with the new format I'm, I'm jumping in. And like just the other day I was having a conversation with one of my old friends that has, you know, stayed involved in the game. Like, how do I keep up with everything now? (laughs) <laughs> um, so it, the stream is always going, there's always so much going on. People are talking about like the mental stress of the the pro players because the new system is so busy and I'm just trying to like get a sense of it all right now. So I've caught games here in the past, but to say that I even went into a stream, understanding the context of the game most of the time would be, um, incorrect. So I've, it's been really casual viewing for me at the pro level. So I do know just how crazy precise and mechanical like the 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 bar has gotten even higher since i was an active player and and could even come close to that level of competency it's just gotten even higher and i know how much crazier it's gotten without a doubt yeah
0: it's insane but really enjoyable to watch at the same time i feel Mm -hmm. like which is almost a little bit weirder to weird to say that uh the quality of play has gotten so high that it has almost become a little bit easier to follow because it's so consistently back and forth. Like, you know what to expect, you know, the flow of the game, which is a detriment to some lower level players because that's what they, they watch RLCS on the weekend and they hop into games and that's what they expect. Yeah, I'm well, and I'm saying that I'm saying lower level players, but I'm really thinking when (laughs) I hop into games, and I expect that, and it just doesn't work out that way. It's it it's, can be a little off putting sometimes.
1: It's a huge it's a huge issue, especially in the way that we like create content for people that are trying to improve. Also, because the way that the pro players react in those lobbies, like they don't. When you're playing ranked at any any level and matchmaking, you've got to account for a little bit of mistake uh, mistakes, and you've got to like kind of factor in your level of trust for people to make certain plays. Pro players, it's not to say they don't make mistakes, but there's intention behind everything they're doing. And when like they, you have that intention behind what they're doing, it's easy for them to read. You and I can't have that going into a ranked game. Unfortunately. Uh, so it, it is a different world. I, it would be nice if if there were something like widely consumable that brought us a little bit closer to that, but I don't even know what that would be. It's certainly not me trying to look anything like how these pro
0: players look these days maybe someday though (laughs) maybe (laughs) in a different universe so speaking of that now that you're back in the game spending more time with it as somebody that is accustomed to training so much and improving and and really like honed in on your game what are the things that you're working on now uh that you feel are like the biggest holes in your game
1: so I'm trying to, so there's an aspect of me coming back to it and I have to get into a routine again. So any player that wants to improve, the first thing I'm going to say is get a routine so that your routine can do the work for you and you're not fighting it. So my routine right now is a lot of free play um, to get my mechanics down and especially my recovery. That's like the first thing I usually see go when I'm rusty. It's It's been feeling better, like especially the last two weeks, but it's been a lot of free play. There's not any like specific training pack I'm doing right now or a set of training packs um, other than if I want to just go in and do some aerial stuff or work on my shooting. But, um, and then beyond that, it's trying to keep up with the latest or trying to get started with the latest mechanics. So if you go on YouTube, you'll see all the tutorials for like the new way to air roll and everyone's doing like the rings workshop map where they're air roll, they're holding like air roll ride all the way through it. I can't do that at all. Um, I can't flip reset at all. And all all the new kinds of flicks, like I was around when like the first musty flick clip came out and everyone said like, oh, that's stupid. (laughs) And now I have to come back into a world where like everyone, like you need to know it. Like if you're going to play at SSL level, like the pros that will jump off the wall and musty flick into the backboard and hit it back in. So, I mean, you should always be pushing your mechanics as much as you can. So, very slowly i'm trying to introduce myself to those things so i'll spend like an hour here and there in the rings map um trying to get that down i've gotten a little bit better but i'm still probably like another 50 hours at least from using it in game in a way that makes sense and then after that it's figuring out when to use it in games i'm a long. i would say my time frame of like pushing where i ever was in the past mechanically is like minimum another three months of training not every day i I don't want to make it sound like i'm some kind of like gym rat or something like that uh, in rocket league training uh, casually if i were really really trying to push i would i would go on a like rigid schedule but it's just casual right now so i would say a couple more months of that i might be i might be happy with where i'm at but that's never happened before (laughs) where i'm fully happy so we'll see
0: (laughs) wait so and you say you're playing like five times a week yeah okay uh so but and you're playing casually so when you're playing five times a week now how much i'm t-
1: playing competitively but i'm I'm training
0: casually playing competitively like you're wait say that again so i've i'm my
1: training is casual i'm not yes. saying like okay i'm gonna spend an hour in this training pack or an hour you know working on my flicks my training is like as long as i'm getting some in i'm okay
0: Okay. my playing
1: is very competitive very sweaty i'm trying to push my rank as much as possible
0: oh sure sure so that actually kind of like leads me into my next question of how much time are you spending like whenever you sit down are you purposefully like making sure that you take time to train before you go into ranked or like, sometimes you just sit down. What does that look like? I am right now I am
1: not. Um, and that's not something I would say like is it applies all the time. Like it's going to look different for every player. And if I were as serious about improving, as I say that I am, I would probably be doing it a little more heavily. Um, But if I jump on right now, I'm probably maybe free play, maybe free play for five minutes and then jumping into games. Um, My training is usually at the end of a session. If it's like late at night and I want to just kind of watch YouTube, that's when I hop into free play and just get some, you know, practice with whatever I've got going on that evening. It's usually end of the night, taking a break, that kind of thing. I'll usually actually open the game just to hop into free play if that's what I'm going to do.
0: Hmm. I see. So then when you're playing competitive games, are you kind of going like back to that comfort zone where you just let your hands take control and not thinking about anything specific? Or are you going into your ranked games like working on something or thinking about something that from the night before or two nights before was maybe a little bit of or you want to work on?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm going in usually with something to work on specific, but I I say that, but like for the last week it's been the same thing, and that's been just like my general positioning and reading the game. Um, I've been really kind of like neglectful on that because I, I told you like when I just go to my comfort zone, I just kind of turn my brain off and go after the ball. And I have when my mechanics are good, that can work for me. They're not right now, so it doesn't. Um, so that's what I've been working on is just slowing it down because that's a balance of, okay, if, if my speed isn't working and I slow it down to get better positioning, how, how much can I slow it down? If I slow it down too much, are my teammates going to get pissed off at me? And then, so that's what I'll do in a rank session is I'll try to play with those levers a little bit and say, how much can I slow down my play until I literally get in trouble for it? And does this look like a good play style? Is it helping? Sometimes I, I did that for a session last week and every game I was like volunteering myself to be like the defensive third. Most of the time I was getting so many more passes than I was getting in my previous games. And I was also like, I could tell my teammates had more space than they were feeling in other games like that. And that was because I forced myself to play slower than even I would normally do. And that's, that kind of creates like a, a data point for me in a session, like, Okay, in these circumstances, really slowing down helped for me. Is that something I would do all the time or is it something I would do in that situation? And then you start to kind of speed things back up from there, figure out what the balance is. And that's kind of my routine this week is probably going to be that with shooting. I need a lot of cleanup, (laughs) cleanup practice on my shooting. Um, And so it'll probably look like that this week.
0: What is what is the thing that you enjoy most in playing Rocket League? Like if you had your ideal play style or you could just like, what is the thing that gets you the most excited? Um, I think recovery. Like if I were to boil it
1: down to a mechanic, um, I think like lately the thing I've been getting the most excited about is when I just have a really smooth recovery out of a situation when you've just like You hit the ball once you hold and then you land, you hold power slide and like get enough of a recovery from that weird situation to get another touch or or follow through on your play. That's one of the most exciting feelings for me right now. I'm sure once I hit my first flip reset or something like that, that's instantly going to take over as like the, the hottest, most exciting thing for me. But lately it's just having smooth recovery. And sometimes I'll enjoy having smooth recovery so much that I'll just like, drift around the field aimlessly going nowhere because <laughs> it just feels cool.
0: I have some music going on and I'm like, I'm like surfing or something, you know, just riding the wave. Um, I think that's one thing that I really do love about Rocket League is how like Randy has his power slides and his drifting and yeah. recovery. Randy used to be my roommate actually. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's so coaching, funny. He and
1: I lived together until uh, last year.
0: Oh, wow what a, what a small world. That's so funny. And yeah. I had, I yeah, had no he's idea. A great guy. Uh, yes. Uh, very nice. Um, cause you know, there are so many different aspects of rocket league and so many different ways to play it. Um, you know, and whatever, like the different ways that it makes people happy, uh, through their play or like doing that one thing that just feels really good. I, I love hearing that. Um, I want to go back to a couple things that you said because I'm sure, well, just as Americans in general, this is something that we struggle with. But you said that you have at least 50 hours left of training to do with air roll before you feel like you could even use it in a game and you don't even know how that would be. Like you, you quantified that so quickly and yet it did not phase you at all. Like, the average person, I don't, I don't want to generalize people, but so often, you know, there people will just hop into ranked game, play ranked game for a month and expect to rank up, but get nowhere. But the idea of going into free play, even one night is like, oh, that's too boring. I'm not going to do it. And you're sitting here saying, I know that I need 50 hours to get this. Like, how... How how can you sit there and say like, I need this time and just know it and at the same time be willing to do it? Like, what are you telling yourself that makes you feel okay about being that far out on something and like wanting to put in that time?
1: So I think two things is it's it's that common agreement of I know what it takes, not just because, you know, I'm looking into trying to do it myself. Um I guess that, let me rephrase that. Um, it's it's a level of, we all, everyone who, everyone who's been able to like get to the point where they can do that has put in a certain amount of practice time. And I'm kind of loosely aware that that is a ton of practice time to do something like a flippery set in game. So if I see it being done, it's like, yeah, I I know how much time that goes into that. I know what it's going to take for me to get there if I want to do it. And that's just kind of what I agree to. I can continue to play ranked under the guise of like, um, you know, I'll just be like the smart player and not the mechanical one. Um, but if I want to be more mechanical, that's what I have to do. So I just accept that. So that's level one is like we all kind of agree to that time frame when we say we want to learn a new mechanic. So that's just kind of what it is. If you, I, I don't know if you know how to air dribble, but if you start doing that, you know, you're committing yourself to, you know, a, a certain amount of hours. It might be 50. It might be 200. You know, I like to estimate high. So I would say like 50. So that's what you're signing up for. That's the first piece. The second piece is like my approach to being competitive in the game has always been like, I may not be smarter than you. I may not be as experienced as you, but I will out practice you. Um, and that's not the case these days cause I'm practicing very casually, but that was my, my, um, kind of approach back in the day is just train, train, train. You can be, you can out-prepare the people you're about to play and that's how you're going to beat them. And so I just, I, I don't use that approach constantly, but that's still my mentality today. If I want to get better at something, it's going to take a lot of practice for me to get good with it. And that's just what it is. And
0: The excitement I get when I do it in game is going to be worth every second of it. That one, that one time that you actually pull off something new and it was purposeful and felt repeatable, all of the hours and frustration just kind of washes away. Yep. It's, it's really interesting to say that out loud because, you know, there are certainly times that I have been able to get like a, a double tap or, you know, an air dribble off the wall in a game, but there's the, it's, it's almost like the exact opposite, you know, the one time you get an air dribble off the wall, you forget about the 200 times that you screwed it up. Uh, but in the sense, like you tried it in a game and you screwed it up, but you don't think about those because you got it once, so you don't necessarily want to put in the time to practice it. But if you just practiced it and screwed it up for hours and hours and it became more consistent, then you could do it even more consistently in yep. the game. Does that make sense? Do you see where yep. I'm going with that?
1: Yes. It's
0: I'm it's, just I think Rocket League is like so unique in
1: that like you everybody it maybe it's a different rate but everybody will get out of the game what they put in so literally if you put 20 hours into to practice you are going to be 20 hours of practice better you can talk about practicing efficiently or not yes but you're going to be 20 hours better than you were when you started it and it's just a it's just a function of time some people might be faster learners than others but nobody can nobody can beat that and if you put enough time in you will get to a certain level well
0: and i i think you bring up I were on the same page because one of the things that I wrote down was effective training because I feel like I've been practicing on a reasonably consistent basis for, you know, the past couple of years now and don't necessarily know that I've improved nearly as much as I would have liked to say that I could have improved in the past two years. Yeah. So I guess there's a couple of questions there. How does one effectively train? Or if somebody was like, I want to start taking the game a little bit more seriously, how do I know that I can get as much as I want to out of my practice? And then the next question or curiosity would be, how do I find the thing that is going to be most beneficial for me to practice? Or like, so I could, you know, as a diamond player, I could... I hate saying rings because I don't want to like, I I know I upset as a newer player. I could, I could go into your training pack and practice, you know, the backboard playground over and over and over again as a new player, but it might be more effective for me to work on a rings map or work on just flying around free play. So like, how would you suggest to people to find the thing that is really going to be most beneficial to them to practice and hone in on? And then how do they practice that most effectively? That,
1: that's a great question. Um, I'll try to answer without being too rambly because I tend to ramble when I get on this topic in general, but-
0: That is what we're here for.
1: You're in, you're in the right place from the starting point, which is I want to start getting better at the game. I wanna take it a little bit more seriously. Um, the starting place for everybody is what do you want to get out of the game? Right. And if you don't want to get better, why would I, you know, we're going to, everyone's going to waste their time saying, do this, go into this training pack. And that's, you know, the headache I've had with many friends, you know, trying to represent this game, but you're in the place of, I want to get better. So that's a great starting point. Um, the search for effective practice is always going to be a moving target and, practicing at all is better than searching for the best way to practice. That's my genuine opinion before we get into a conversation about how to effectively practice, which is what I'm going to try to answer next. So, um, you know, go watch tutorial videos. Yes. But for every minute you spend watching a tutorial, spend twice as much practicing and getting to know what it's saying for yourself. Um, I think as humans, we like to supplement, informational media about uh, things with like our actual practice time. I'm guilty of this too. I have other hobbies like music where I'll watch six hours of YouTube and then make music for like one hour and I'm not improving and I'm very well aware of it. Rocket League is very much the same. You have to treat improvement just like you would like a classical instrument or something. Give yourself a routine, let your, your routine work for you. Now as, as like, in terms of filling out that routine at figuring out which you need the best, I'm going to go with like a totally kind of off the cuff answer here, but let's go back to like where I said, you know, 50 hours until I, I learn how to like air roll right. Effectively, ask yourself if you want to go into training and learn backboard shots, do you want to spend 50 is, is it going to be worth it for you to spend 50 hours on backboard shots so that you can get to the point where you can do the high level ones in game. Um, for diamonds it's probably worth it because you need consistency on on that shot and that backboard shot is probably coming up for you in game for diamonds it's not worth it for them to spend 50 hours on a flip reset because that relevance is not going to come up for them in game so um it's going to be different based on your level and it's going to be different based on you so the best thing you can do is a little bit of introspection a little bit of like get a second pair of eyes but get a second pair of eyes for like one hour of a replay analysis and then spend the next two months acting on what they tell you. You know, that's my kind of cycle frame on analysis because at the lower ranks it's, it's boring and it's, it's dirty work, but it is so much just mechanics. Like people would be better off at the lower ranks in my genuine opinion, if their idea of practice was just like, like a workout class, you know, if I want to go take a CrossFit class or something, I'll go to my local CrossFit gym. I'll hang out in a room with 15 people. Well, maybe not these days, but um, (laughs) somebody will run us through a bunch of drills that will, you know, make us uncomfortable, put our body in like positions where it, it, it will, you know, we'll sweat and we'll get exercise and whatnot. I think it should be in the lower levels, similar to that for Rocket League, or that should be at least the approach where it's like, yeah, game sense is important, like a mentality is important, but until my clears are like looking like, you know, a champion level clears, why am I why am I looking at the other stuff? I need to be spending my time on the mechanics, or at least finding ways for mechanics to start to translate to me or make sense to me. Don't go don't go practice backboards for 10 hours if if you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it. Um I'm I'm getting on a long-winded answer here to say like listen to like what YouTube says to train, but also listen to yourself a little bit and like try to figure out what, what things your game feels like it needs more of. And then, and then put those two together and find a balance.
0: So can I dig into that just a little bit more? Cause I think what you're saying is really good. And I think it's, it's almost something that isn't completely clear or that is a skill that could be honed itself. And this is something that I'm just learning myself as well. So I'm not trying to like make myself look smart. It's something that I'm kind of figuring out as well. How does, how does one listen to their own game? Like how does one listen to themselves to know what they need to work on? Because we are just fed so much of, uh, air dribbling tutorials and flip reset tutorials and wave dash tutorials and speed flip tutorials. But there are so many nooks and crannies of the game of Rocket League that don't fit into those things that can really hinder your ability to use these other mechanics effectively or little things that, you know, the tutorials don't talk about that uh, keep people from being as good as they possibly could be. So how does one listen to their game to figure out what they can work on or what would be most beneficial?
1: That is a great question. And it's going to require me to put on my low rank cap, which I really, it's hard to get into that mindset of like, there's things, it's hard to get into the mindset of everything needs work kind of, you know, and I'm, that's not to say I'm not the same way, but trying to prioritize if you're getting into the game and like you're trying to build a like a complete um like skill set trying to prioritize that
0: how do you well not just that like so say okay here here's an example for me and i feel like something that has plagued me for a long time and i've been I wish I wish that the saying seeing the forest for the trees made sense, but it's like the exact opposite. I'm seeing the grand game of Rocket League and I'm not getting stuck in the details when I when I could have been breaking things down a little bit more to be that much more beneficial. So when it comes to hitting the ball consistently, hitting the ball effectively, being able to shoot the ball on target and like um, just anything with hitting the ball, whether it's air dribbles off the wall, air dribbles off the wall, shooting accuracy, dribbles, everything. One thing that I've struggled with the most is just timing. What I, what I call timing or being able to meet the ball at a certain spot at a certain time when Mm -hmm. I need to, to get the appropriate touch. And I see this all across my game, but you know, instead of necessarily working on something that helps that I would work, I would continue to work on double taps. I would continue to just work on like shooting accuracy packs or I would work on air dribbling packs, like all of these things that work on these bigger, more grand mechanics, but it would be off just like a little bit and I wouldn't be able to do it consistently. So finally, I got to a point where I just got so frustrated with myself uh, or frustrated that I like say a ball was going left and right. Uh, On the field, and I'm going north south. And the ball's coming across the field, and I want to be able to hit the ball on target. I would hit it, and instead of it going straight towards the net, it would go off towards the opposite corner. So it's coming from the right, and then I hit it off to the left corner. And that would be like every time. And so I finally found a pack that was called like Gold Plat, and it's by a a Baton's 15. Yeah. And The first shot, which seems like it should be so easy, it's just a ball bouncing across from left to right. I can't shoot it in the net because my time I feel so awkward making that lineup. Yeah. And now that I So
1: you're talking about specifically that kind of coming across the ball position? Exactly.
0: Or and just so again, like I would take the grand scheme of just like hitting the ball, whether it's like shooting accuracy or hitting an aerial at the right time to get a second touch or starting an air dribble off the wall or starting an air dribble off the ground. Like just understanding where my car is, where the ball is, how they're going to meet like that whole idea of timing is, is what I call it break. Now that I've been breaking that down for the past seven to 10 days and working on those first couple shots in this pack, it's, completely changed the way that I look at the game and my ability to put those things together and now double taps are getting easier air dribbles are getting easier things on the wall are getting easier like all of that's getting easier because I understand the 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 connection in between what my car looks like when I hit it a certain way and what I need to do to make it do a certain thing yeah um so for me that was something that I had to really listen to myself, like you said, to break it down even further than what I thought I needed to break it down to, to be Mm -hmm. able to, now that I have this skill and I know this skill that I can really work on, how can I develop it further? How can I push myself more so that I can do these more complicated things more consistently and easier? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like my example of that thing, that question that I had for you
1: yeah and and that's like a really good example um i had a response to that and i just lost it like literally as you finished what you were saying um talking about oh and that's so yeah so you know going back earlier i said most low-ranked players only need mechanics work and you just told the story where you know you said i was practicing mechanics and it wasn't doing it for me And I realized I had to change the way I practiced it. Um, and that is kind of the spirit behind why I say lower rank players need mechanics, because there's not a good way of like uh, for coaches or, or anybody to really condense all of those tiny little things, um, up for people in a way that's like, yes, practice it exactly like this, because, you know, for you, it's that motion of coming across the ball, um, for somebody else, you know, that same shot might be difficult for a different reason or something, or maybe, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's based on the same thing. Either way, you know, there's not a good way for like the tutorials and guides out there to get into those little details. And so I found like when I'm working with players, the best thing is just tell them to go do it and like help, hope that they will be autonomous and kind of learn those lessons along the way. Um, And it's, it sucks that this is the system. it, It kind of works in like, I wish I'm hoping like, you know, we'll have some people come out that are are great minds. And, you know, I want to get better at my analysis that can kind of show us those little tricks faster. But for right now, since we're missing, I I would guess say, you know, the really detailed breakdowns of the small stuff um, and the breakdowns we're getting are from people like me that have been high ranked for years. And and it's hard for us to relate to people that are in those situations um, until we get like better solutions for that. It's going to be a lot of just go do it and yes there's like a mental side of things that you need to understand but it's going to be hard it's going to be hard to get there without like a, a someone looking specifically at your gameplay and so you're going to have to recognize that on your own through a lot of mechanics practice is is the sad reality i feel like let me know if you you know had a different takeaway from that
0: no i feel i feel like uh i can't remember if i said this to somebody else or who I was having a conversation with, it it might've been, I can't even remember. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to keep going. It's this idea of like, somebody could make a YouTube video basically talking about, if somebody could make a YouTube video that is basically this idea of teach a man to fish or give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Like if somebody could condense that concept into a mechanics Rocket League video, it would put all other tutorials out of business. Like yeah. just watch this one video that teaches you how to diagnose what you need to work on and then you go work on it. Because yeah. somebody out there has always pioneered a certain mechanic all on their own. They didn't have tutorials, they didn't have things that like taught them how to do it. They just sat in free play for 50 hours or a hundred hours or 200 hours and they figured it out. Yeah. So every, I mean, and of course there are physical limitations and what have you that keep people from being able to do certain things. Uh, And, you know, if people were willing to mentally and physically and emotionally and just like, Diagnostically, to sit in free player or a training pack and really dig into all of these different things, the process is repeatable. It's mm-hmm. just a different thing that you're working on. Yep. Or maybe a different level of the same problem, you know? Right. right. Just <laughs> right, thinking right. that, yeah, like ex- exactly, because that's, I feel like, you know, my issue is it was timing and car control and ball control and like being able to like, uh, understand in my brain how the ball and the car interact with each other. And now how I, that because I know how they do it better on the ground. Now I'm able to do that a little bit higher off the ground. And that leads me being able to do it a little bit higher off the ground. And, uh, when, I have to fly all the way through the air across the field to get you know a couple different touches in a row. They're starting to make more sense to me because the skill at the baseline is making more sense. Yep. So uh, I think what, yeah, different levels of the skill um, is a that's, is a very that's the fascinating path. way to put it. That's the growth path, and.
1: At like you get to a certain point and like i would i would even say diamond is like high enough as a as a percentage of the population that can get there where it probably is getting a little bit harder for you to find like the right stuff you know if you're below that it's it's just going to be all mechanics with a little like couple game sense tweaks the higher you get the less clear it is how to spend your time practicing and how to improve um and so yeah if we could get, you know, if somebody was able to really just give us a good breakdown of of how to just consistently go through that process, even whether you're, you know, a process that works, whether you're Diamond 2 or Grand Champ 2 or something like that, that would just be that's whatever that's what we all need, right? Um I'm trying to do that. I know I've talked to some other people that are trying to like incorporate that into some content. I know that, you know, anytime it just becomes such a hard thing to really get your head around a way that like a concept that works for a lot of different ways and a lot of people and putting it into words, even players that have gone through it, it becomes so hard. So hopefully we can get there. Like that's the goal sooner than later, but that's the, I feel like that's like the mark we've been missing so far for sure.
0: Okay. So that, that brings me to an interesting thought of like in diamonds and me as a champ one player who is starting to, see some more incremental growth and it comes down to consistency. Like you can, you can hit, going back to what I said earlier, you could hit one out of a hundred air dribbles in game and feel like, you know, like I, I know how to air dribble. I put the ball up on the wall, then I hit it off the wall and then I jump off the wall and I follow it and I hit it. But like the execution of it is one out of a hundred. Yeah. And how many people out of a hundred or a thousand are willing to put in the time that even in free play or in a training pack, they can hit it 90 out of a hundred or even Mm -hmm. 70 out of a hundred that leads them. Because if you look at a GC two, put them in a training pack for an air dribble off the wall, how many times can they hit it out of a hundred? How many times can a diamond player hit it out of a hundred? And I feel like at that point is, is that the difference that we're looking for because the diamond player can do it two times out of 10 and a GC two can do it nine times out of 10 in
1: a matchmaking system.
0: Yes. In, in the real world where we're like,
1: you know, trying to improve as players. No, we, we, I think we can have better metrics for that on like how, how to define skill, but you know, the way the rank ladder works is is wins, goals, data. So if you hit that nine times out of ten, and you're playing a player that hits it two times out of ten, and those are the only thing things you're up against with each other, on they're going to to come out of that as you know the better player most of the time. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of riffing on on what you were what you were saying. I don't know if that resonates at all.
0: I mean, but. a little, a little bit. And I, I think it's, it's maybe not the whole definition of the quality of a player. Um, I think may, maybe it's like, I guess, the translation of understanding into actual execution. Like I, I've watched Justin do tons of air dribbles, and I understand that he can do them. And I, I understand how to do them. I just can't do them every single time.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: translating that knowledge and understanding of watching somebody do it into actually being able to do it and putting in that time to, I mean, am I just, is, is what I'm saying, like not making sense or, and I'm not no, saying no, no. that I'm like, maybe I'm just going in a wrong direction. I don't know. No, it it makes perfect sense. Um, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it though. Like what, like what, I mean, obviously mechanics and speed and decision-making and things of that nature, but how, how can we get more people to bridge that gap? That's a great question. Um,
1: I feel like, you, so you you keep, I, I keep having the answer like ready to go and then you finish the question and I, I keep losing it. Um, I, I think it just goes back to like the saying that I'm sure everyone's heard of like, when you're playing, like people that are playing like at the top competitive level, they don't practice until they get it right. They practice until they can't get it wrong because I mean, at the pro level, at least when you're in game, like you have no margin for error at all. And that shrinks, you know, when you get down to, people like you and me's level, how much like leeway you have there. But I mean, that's really the end goal of practice. If you, if you find yourself in a training pack and anything is uncomfortable, anything is uncomfortable at all. That's a red flag of like a weakness in your mechanics. So, you know, even though it feels like you're, you're, you're kind of hitting your face into a wall to do the same shot in the custom training for 20 times and it might, and it is pointless if you're doing it mindlessly. Right. If you're not doing it in a way that you're focusing on it and can take it into your game, but. You know, doing it 20 times in training to hit it that one extra time in game is all the difference, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think it can feel pretty mind numbing, but the mentality of like doing it until you can't get it wrong is, is the way to approach it. And, and it's really the only way. And it's like it's just like right now, the system we have for players to go through is just tons and tons of time until they figure out what it takes for them to not miss that shot you know Mm -hmm. because you can only it's so fast like the muscle movements the 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 actual hand movements you have to go through and the decision making you have to go through in game is so fast you can't you can't be thinking about it or or put you can't be putting a lot of energy into thinking about it while you're in game you just simply don't have that much time and so it's got to be so clean in your training that it it, is it's on autopilot you know those pros aren't thinking about the moves they're doing maybe minor adjustments, but overall um, they've done it a million times in free play. So they're thinking about the decision-making around it. They're thinking like, I'm going to go for an air dribble because you know, these two players are in this position and this is the best play versus you and I would go up thinking like, I'm going for an air dribble. How do I get my ball directly underneath the car and get, or my car directly underneath the ball and get like a little bit of lift and take it all the way down because we're still in that like, infancy phase of the mechanic even though you know we both probably put like tons of hours of practice into it there's always that little bit of room to improve
0: well yeah and that just makes me think about when i have all the times that i've practiced air dribbles and just thought that all i had to do like how many times have i screwed up and been like i thought i hit that perfect but it's going off in some direction and i have no idea why And now that I'm paying more attention to how important it is that if the ball is coming towards me and I'm like moving towards my offensive side of the field, that it's not going to come off the wall the same way if it was going directly into the wall or along with me, like all of those things matter. And I've spent so much time not understanding that those things matter, um, that, and, and, let know, me, and let me let me just say, I,
1: I probably should have mentioned this earlier. And this is just like part of me being a rusty player is that I'm also like a little rusty with my analysis and my coaching. But you know, the good thing is that all of that does compound on each other. So if you know how to you know dribble really well, your flicks are your, like the learning curve to get better at flicks is going to be slower because of that. And it's like if you're good at air dribble, aerialing normally. Or if you're really good at air rolling normally, your learning curve to get better at air rolling is going to be a little bit shorter from from that. So everything that you learn does kind of like jump in on each other and and help out. And so like, you know, if you're at the lower ranks and you're saying, what do I improve? Try everything. I'm not saying you have to stick with everything, but, you know, try the insane grand champion for lip reset pack for five minutes. See what it's about, you know. That just like super uncomfortable, super foreign mechanics movement might open up some new pathways or, or, or thoughts in your head about how to approach certain things. Um, so don't don't spend tons of hours, don't invest like a lot of time into the higher mechanical stuff, but explore it at least and figure out what it's like. So you have you're pushing that that bound of un, uncomfortability even further. So that's like the main goal if you're training if you're not uncomfortable when you're training maybe like there might be a red flag it's not always the worst thing but like the point of training is to always be pushing things that feel uncomfortable mechanically so if you're doing that and then you go back into consistency training your consistency training is going to be easier
0: right because figuring out how to make things it's almost step one is making the uncomfortable comfortable, and then it's turning the comfortable into consistent. Yeah. And the consistent exactly. into you can't screw it up yep. or whatever yep. the extremely awesome thing that you said about getting things to a point where you can't mess them up or yeah. something like yeah.
1: that. Think, think about rank, th- uh, going back to like the metaphor of you have to train like it's a classical instrument. Think of like actually unless you're a pro player or a tournament player ranked is your performance right ranked is if i'm a piano player what I, the recital i get ready for every half a year or so um that's what ranked is it's like taking your practice and showing it now the the ratio is way different a performance to practice in rocket league but you know you should competitively you should kind of feel that same pressure as a as a performer to not mess up to like try to get it right and if you do like that should sit off a set off a switch in your brain of like okay you know, I know that thing I just did was wrong. I got to take that back into training and make sure that I at least give it some attention or something like
0: yeah. that. I've made I've made that analogy before about how, you know, if if we were musicians and the game was a recital and free play was practice, how often do professional musicians give a concert every night and only practice two or three times a year? Like, that's not the way yeah. that it works. It's completely the opposite. And if in practicing is a lot more boring for most people. And if time was like genuinely spent working on things, the performances would go that much better on a consistent basis. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the last episode that I did with Top Gun, she talked about how she spent no time in free play no time in training until she already got to GC. Yeah. And, but when she was in those games, she was always working on something. She was always thinking about yeah. something. Yeah.
1: And that, that takes away from a lot of the tilt for me too. If I can go into rank with like a specific thing for myself in mind, um, I, I don't get mad as easily because my focus isn't on like how the game is going or even like what my teammates are doing. My focus is on like that one thing that I'm trying to improve. Um, So always what, what she said, yeah, always go into ranked with a focus. And if you do that, like some
0: people don't even need free play or training just like that, you know, I've been playing a lot of casual games the past couple of days, just so I'm not like throwing my MMR away and just really focusing on certain things like games will get to the point where it's just me and two bots on my team, but I don't care because I'm not worried about the score. I'm just worried about doing the thing that I'm trying to do. Uh, and it's honestly been a lot more fun. Like those games have been fun because I just haven't cared. I've just been working on the things that I've been working on. Yeah. It's a lot easier to roll off a lot, a two, 0 loss if it's like, yeah, but I hit that, that
1: wall shot. Nice.
0: When it came up for me, you know, exactly, exactly. All right. I feel like, uh, that, I mean, we could probably go on for another hour and uh, maybe that will happen someday in some way. I will say that I've never had uh, somebody on twice yet, but who knows? I noticed that, yeah. Rules are meant to be broken. Um, (laughs) But uh, we're going to start winding down this edition with Michael here on the podcast, and we're going to do that the same way that we always do. Uh, So, Michael, uh, the first thing that I have for you is any final thoughts that you might have for the infinite boost
1: listeners. I just want to say, you know, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's a big honor, like looking at the, the names of people that, you know, you've had on in the past to even be considered among those people as, as someone that's kind of noteworthy is crazy to me, but so, so thanks so much for having me on big shout out to like everything you're doing in this podcast. Um, like I said, we've been talking the whole time about there being this big gap in the community. And this is one of the ways to like come into that space. And it's something that people really need because there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a platform like this where people can just kind of speak freely on improvement and their journeys through the game. And, and, you know, not a lot of ways for people to connect with those stories. And this podcast is doing that. And, and I think that's just so awesome. So a huge shout out to you and the community and listeners um for making this happen. It's so cool. And I've been, I've been binging since I learned about
0: it. I'm going to keep doing that as these are coming out. So, well, I, I'm glad that you've enjoyed it. And, uh, that, that means a lot, but this isn't about me. This is about you. Any, I can't remember if you actually said anything, but like compliments towards me about the, your final thoughts. Oh, well, I, I did say thanks to the community. Oh, Okay. And no, <laughs> okay
1: so that that's one big compliment of you and the community okay
0: all right I just wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything else that you wanted to add okay oh. cool well thank you very much and yes uh, the folks that listen to the show uh, and are in the discord are are awesome so I will also say thank you to them okay next thing um, where can people find you out on the internet yeah um, mainly youtube and
1: twitter right now i've got some stuff going on tiktok but it's mainly just kind of like uh rehash and like small changes on my youtube content right now so really find me on twitter and youtube and i should have some stuff coming out in the next few weeks getting started like in a more regular video upload pattern um just looking at kind of talk, talking through different coaching content and sessions that are coming up um but really you know I want to have a platform similar to how you're doing here where the community can kind of talk about things they want to hear about and things they want to, you know, improve on and and get more detail on. So I'm looking to make it into something kind of like that, where where there's a lot of back and forth on how we approach, on what we approach and how we approach and whatnot. So that's where to find me, Twitter and YouTube. Um, And I've just kind of like gotten back on there after a long, long hiatus. So I'm trying to you know, interact with everyone as much as possible and and say hi right now as, as I can.
0: Nice. Nice. And then finally, a question uh, for the listeners from you to them, something that you would like to ask. A question for the listeners.
1: Um, Are you better than your teammates? Can I ask that? (laughs) Yeah. Cool. That's my question.
0: And be honest. Yes. Yes. Be honest with us. All right. Nice. So be sure to go follow Michael on Twitter. It's whey protein. It'll be whey protein RL. It'll be down in the description below the dude right now is at 62 followers on Twitter. If he is not up to at least double that by the, the middle of May, I'm going to be grumpy. Come on, guys. He deserves it. He's going to be I mean, listen to everything that he just said. He's been a great guest, uh, and I look forward to seeing what you add to the community, um, because obviously you have a passion for it and a care for it, and I love to see that, Uh, and I've really enjoyed having you on the show, and you certainly deserve all of the things that I've said previously.
1: Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. I had a great time as well. Feel free to to have me as your you know second appearance guest anytime you want. Um, and I'm happy to come back on. Thanks a ton.
0: Yeah, for sure. And as always, thank you for the boost.